Radio, and welcome to NXT Talk, the show where we chat about all things NXT. We are on the road to Vengeance Day, which is this Saturday. And here on the SNME Network, we're going to be having an aftercast after the show. I'm Boris, and as always, I am joined by Matt. Bonjour. How's everybody doing out there? We hope you're doing well. Boris, I'm getting over a cold. You're uh, coming back to life from your own sickness and just general being overwhelmed and busy. But we got blessed by a good NXT episode. Some great wrestling, some fun little whodunits and uh, things for the future. And also a feel-good main event. So, you know, a pretty good show, all, all things considered, buddy. Yeah, it was. I enjoyed the show. It was a perfect show. Again, you know, just like things have been so crazy. And, you know, the past few Tuesdays have just been insane. So being able to sit down and watch some good old-fashioned, crazy, stupid wrestling uh, was a lot of fun. But uh, we're going to be talking about the show. Then we're going to be chatting about vengeance day uh, and then i think we're gonna call it a day you need to finish resting up uh but uh yeah man aside from the cold uh how are you doing how's life i mean life is good in good spirits you know mentally I- i'm feeling all right i'm uh yeah back on the hinge grind uh again but yeah I- i'm talking to somebody who i really like i feel like we're connecting when uh hang out with her on friday if i'm healthy enough and uh, yeah, life is good other than this fucking persistent cold. So trying to get me some vitamin C and some god dang sleep, Boris. Yeah, How are you doing these days? Pretty good. I'm doing fairly well. Uh, things are, you know, they're just, they're just wrapping up in terms of everything and uh, all, all the craziness that was going on. Um, light at the end of the tunnel. Life is getting back to normal. Uh, work, like uh, day job. Dude, it's been so freaking busy. It is crazy, um, and and it's 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 an annoying busy. Like not to get into too many details because eh, you know it's so boring this stuff. But you know the economy isn't the best right now, right? And my job is essentially like uh, charging companies a lot of money to do stuff uh, on the consulting side and whatnot, right? So like every single cent is being scrutinized. Um, I'm spending weeks on weeks on weeks on weeks preparing major projects and doing and, and getting quotes and all that fun stuff. And just for the customer to turn around and say, yeah, we lost funding. So it's been tough. Um, it's busy, but it's, that's, you know, that's just part of the grind. Right. Um, and it's just tiring. Uh, just, 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 just overall life in general, but you know, I'm happy. I'm doing well, and uh, you know, seeing everything that's going on here and on in SNME land, I'm super excited, super stoked. So much going on in the background. All good things, right? Like we got so many new shows uh, being lined up. Uh, I think it was on uh, Tuesday morning cooked where they were talking about like we have a essentially a show for everything. You know, whatever whatever flavor you like, we got a show for you, and that's exactly what's going to be happening over the next little bit. Have a few shows debuting, and it's not just wrestling. We're going to be debuting other shows, pop culture shows, um, you know, interview shows, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Some surprises in there, some really cool stuff in there. Um, man, yeah, so, you know, and, and you as a patron are going to be able to take 
everything in. Uh, so again, thank you so much for being a patron. It means so much to us. Uh, you allow us to keep the lights on, as they like to say, and uh, give us the opportunity to to do all this stuff, giving you all this extra content. Uh, we got more video coming, dude. It's so, such such a fun time here. Yeah, man, I'm excited to uh, get in some pop culture stuff on uh on bam and just in, in general on our own it's going to be a lot of fun to uh see snme grow yeah and uh hopefully you know the the patrons like the changes and we can get some new patrons along the way that's exactly it right um so yeah so that's gonna be that it's gonna be a lot of fun so again thank you so much uh if you're listening to this show you're obviously a patron so again thank you Ah, oh, man, what a freaking show we had to watch last night. Again, it was pretty good, pretty good. NXT is such a weird show. Like, there is some really, really good stuff on NXT. Some really good matches that we were able to watch. And then they have, like, some of the cheesiest stuff known to man. Um, it's such an up-and-down show, but, like, overall, right? Like, I kind of turn off my brain when I watch NXT, and I honestly go, like, into the super positivity mode, but, like, not as much as I used to with uh, NXT 2.0, the rainbow brand, right? But, you know, it's 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 a fun two hours sometimes, and last night, I think, overall, was a fun two hours, um, and it didn't feel like two hours, which is a great thing. No, sir. Yeah, uh, it's starting to veer, if you'll excuse the huh. pun, into that triple <laughs> A territory where it's just a fun show, even if it's bad. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Yeah, exactly. That's exactly it. Like, there's some cheesy fun stuff. Um, like, you can tell that Shawn Michaels is leading this stuff sometimes in terms of creative with the direction they go in some of the stories. Um, you know, we've been talking about the fact that, you know, Shawn Michaels loves booking his old stories into NXT, which I find hilarious sometimes. Um, there's major stories from when Michaels was around that you see, and, you know, you got the classic wrestling whodunits and stuff like that. And we're going to be covering all that stuff so matt shall we just get to to it let's do it big homie i'm psyched but before we get there we've got one last piece of business and that is the rating system to jour what are you thinking for this episode well we talked about it a couple times but there is a whodunit angle officially on nxt there is a a detective a murder mystery the murder nikita lyons's acl is dead so yeah we're gonna do whodunits uh in the history of pop culture movies television etc love it all right let's get to it so the show starts off right away like nxt usually does um and it was the first match which was the creed brothers brutus and julius creed with ivy nile versus indisher veer mahan and sanga with jinder mahal all right so this match creed brothers getting better and better and better uh, they're, they're they're insane. They're so like, like you know, you say it every week. We especially uh, Brutus, you know, the the bull in a china shop, and I think that's the best description of the Creed brothers, both of them in general. Uh, this match was a lot of fun, in my opinion. sure I want to focus on sure before we talk about the match. They impressed me. I like them. Uh, you know, I like their the what they got going with uh, Jinder Mahal, and and again. We talked about this last week where Jinder Mahal kind of took a, a back step to 
Indisher, and I'm liking this. Um, in terms of big guys who can move, these are two big guys who can move, and I think there's a lot of potential with them as a tag team, booking them the way that they booked them uh, last night. Yeah, we need Jinder Mahal as the Jimmy mouth of the South heart on the outside. That's what we need Jinder Mahal to be in this in this group. He, he does not need to be the Roman Reigns. He does not need to be the Triple H evolution. And he is kind of taking a backseat. I agree that they impressed me. Veer especially was actually he was pretty good in this match. There was a there was a moment where he didn't quite get over for a power bomb, but Julius's brute strength made it even better than had he actually just gotten power bombed for real. So that mistake, quote unquote, by Veer actually improved the match. And I think that was the only mistake he made. Yeah. Like it was a pretty it was pretty good performance by all four men here. Yeah, sometimes, like, especially with the with the Creed brothers, now, now, you know, you bring up a fun point there. You know, sometimes when they struggle or the move doesn't look exactly perfect, right? As long as they're safe, sometimes it kind of looks cooler from a visual point of view, especially when it is bigger guys and bulls in China shops like the Creed brothers versus Indusure, right? Like, there's just something about you barely being able to pull, pull off a move, but you did it anyways, right? It feels more like a fight. It feels less choreographed when something like that happens and they're able to improvise and save it, right? So, yeah, this was a uh, hoss battle in the tag team division. Yep, it really was. Match was under 10 minutes and it was the perfect amount of time. Like, you know, that's 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 the thing here. You you should not have Indusure in a 20-minute match. I think 10 minutes is kind of like the maximum. You can get the best out of 10 minutes, and this was really good. Uh, so we saw in the middle of the match, Julius was struggling to pick up um, Veer. He hit a deadlift gut wrench suplex for a two count. Jinder Mahal then grabbed Julius by the leg for a distraction. Ivy now uh, got in Jinder's face on the apron. Julius then began running, running the ropes, and he accidentally knocked Nile off the apron um, in, in a very... Very nice looking, like knock off the apron. Just looked like Ivy Nile just 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 went flying there. That allowed Veer to hit Julius with the million dollar arm lariat. Sanga tagged in, planted Julius with a choke slam for the win in nine minutes fifty seven seconds. Into sure over the Creed brothers. Good stuff overall. I think the right team won. Indusure needed to win this match and the way they did it made a lot of sense Ivy took a great bump crowd was chanting Ivy's name when she got into Jinder Mahal's face and then the crowd gasped when she took that awesome bump on the floor uh yeah this was a pretty dang solid match all things considered like you said went the exact length of time that you needed it to it was the match I wanted to see I, I feel like it was possibly the best case scenario for these guys so excellent stuff overall I'm gonna go three and a half clues out of five, both a movie and a board game of Who Done It, Boris. <laughs> Love it. All right. So the next segment might be my segment of the year. I'm going to remember <laughs> this one. <laughs> this is when I messaged you last night saying, I love everything about Axiom. All right. So we see Axiom and Tyler Bate. They're watching A Kid Heritage Cup matches on a tablet. They talk about how they liked A Kid as a wrestler and are disappointed that he disappeared for some reason. Bate said Axiom reminds them of A Kid. Axiom said they have the same style as A Kid and they should uh, both have a match. Um, but the line of the night was when Axiom just dead looked into Tyler Payton said it must be the eyes 
Yes, yeah, that's why, of course, A-Kid reminds him of Axiom. It must be the eyes. LOL, he's wearing a mask, you see. It's a joke. <laughs> Dude, I don't know why I'm loving this so freaking much. Like, Axiom's <laughs> humor and his delivery of said lines are, are just like comedic perfection for me. Yeah, it's just right up your alley. Well, Axiom is a nerd, and it is nerdy, dumb, silly humor, but I love it, too. It's so it's so silly, but he's he's good at it. Yeah. All right. Damon Kemp then shows up and he said that a kid is soft, hot garbage, which is uh, what he learned in his time during NXT UK. Kemp told Axiom to tell a kid uh, exactly what he told him. Bate said some sort of British curse word directed to Kemp. I didn't really hear that one because uh, I was still laughing at the eyeline earlier. Axiom wondered what it meant. Bate translated to Spanish by saying bendejo. Which yes, is which is dog. Dumbass? I thought yeah. it was dog. No, no. Pendejo is dumbass. What's dog? Pero. Oh, yes. Okay, very good. Okay. Thank yeah. you. Anytime. And that's <laughs> Spanish 101 with poor Sagular. <laughs> Till next week. Fuck Duolingo. Delete it off your phone. We got the big homie, Boris. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, this was fun. This was honestly fun. Axiom, again, I just, I don't know why I like this character so much. It's it's fun. It's a bit of fun, like you said, like we've said a bunch of times. It's just so silly, and he's just a friendly luchador, cracking jokes and having good matches. What yep. a baby face. He really is. All right, let's get to the next thing. So as the entrances are happening for the Indy Hartwell versus Zoe Stark match, they cut the footage of Indy Hartwell talking to the women's locker room about how happy she was to be in the Royal Rumble. Zoe Stark showed up, and Indy blamed her for attacking Nikki the Lions. Stark uh, trash-talked Indy Hartwell for not lasting in the Rumble, said she'll never win the Rumble. Uh, Sol Ruka stood up for Indy and said that Indy could kick Stark's ass, and that's how they set up the match that we're about to see. Perfectly fine professional wrestling fair here. Yeah, it was nothing special. It was what it was. Zoe Stark continues to be put over as a good heel. And Indy Hartwell, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. She, she got she, that winning streak for a little bit. She's uh, she's going to be up on the main roster after WrestleMania, I think, and sink or swim, whatever. She'll be there with Dexter for like a six-month year period. Maybe they'll get fired. Who knows? <laughs> Jesus. All right. Stark hit Hartwell with a slingshot Meteora for a two-count. Hartwell rallied back with Lariats and a spine buster for a two count. Uh, they're going back and forth with counters. Hartwell went for a slingshot, but Stark saw it coming, and she hit Hartwell with a tilt-the-world GTS for the win in 6 minutes, 16 seconds. After the match, Stark gave Hartwell some post-match ground and pound, uh, and that prompted Sol Roka to run out and chase away Stark. So, yeah, I mean, for what it was, I actually thought this was pretty good, too. Indy performed well for her part, and Zoe Stark is straight up one of the best women's wrestlers in the world, certainly in WWF. Uh, I would go as high as three. What are we going to do here? Three knives outs out of five for this one, Boris. Three different knives are out for Zoe Stark. Good performance by Zoe, and I'm excited to see the Zoe versus Soul Ruka feud heat up here. Exactly. Uh, Knives Out. Fantastic movie. Love the movie. Yes. 
Did you watch uh, Glass Onion? No, I have not. Starring uh, your boy, the animal, Dave Batista. Yeah. Um, watch it. Honestly, okay. watch it. So freaking good. Absolutely will. Yeah. Yeah. I love the first one, so I definitely will check it out. All right. Show cuts the schism promo. They take turns cutting our promo about how the dyad are coming after the tag titles and how they're going to get them via qualifying later in the show. Ava Rain talked about how Andre Chase is a false idol and how terrible Chase you is. Uh, they end their promo by saying four roots, one tree in unison. Again, a perfectly cromulent professional wrestling promo. Nothing that will blow your socks off, but it was it was fine. I like Joe Gacy. I do. Uh, this this group has really turned it around. Uh, it just kind of yes. sucks. Like I feel like as they turned it around, they took them off TV, and we're seeing them a lot less than we used to. It's really funny how that happened. They had so much time for the shitty version of Joe Gacy, and now that the group makes sense and is good, they can just they can get out of here. They're not on television anymore. Great call. That's so dumb. It, that's modern day booking. Every promotion that's on TV does this with with people. It's so weird. I see this on AW. I see this in MLW. I see this on Impact. It happens everywhere. It's so weird. It's the problem is, in a nutshell, that there are too many wrestlers and not enough spots. That's what it is. There are too many good, talented, professional wrestlers and not enough spots to go around. Yep. That, that, that. It, it, it really is a problem, though. Like, it sucks for the performers, right? Like It, it just, does. It's yeah. just really hard. All right. Wesley cuts or is coming out. We finally head to our first commercial, and I'm able to rest my beautiful, beautiful fingers, because holy shit, that was a long little bit without a commercial. Uh, finger blasting, as they say. Right? That's what that means? Anyway, please continue, Boris. I, I'm just going to... I'm, I'm thinking about this. <laughs> no, you're incorrect. But I like where your head's at. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh... <laughs> They show <laughs> the show cuts to Apollo Crews cutting a promo from atop a skyscraper in downtown Charlotte, North Carolina. Crews hyped up his upcoming match at Vengeance Day against Carmelo Hayes in a two out of three falls match. He talked about how he's visualized many scenarios where he can beat Melo. He had a vision of him taking out Trick Williams. He said Melo may call him the past, but at Vengeance Day, the past will dictate the future. Yet again, a promo that we've seen a hundred times, but this was important because it set up a promo that Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams would cut later on the show, which was spectacular. So I'm yes. glad this existed. Yes. And this, my friends, this, my friends, is how you do a go-home show. Every match is being featured in a promo or an in-ring segment. I'm liking uh, th this really added, you know, the, 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 the making Vengeance Day seem special, which it should be because they're back on the road. Yeah, exactly. It had to feel like a big deal. This show was dedicated to making Vengeance Day feel like a big deal. And in the end of the day, I think they, they succeeded. Yep. All right. NXT North American champion Wes Lee made his entrance in street clothes. Lee took a mic. He talked about how excited he was to see NXT go back on the road for Vengeance Day. He joked about North Carolina being called uh, North Kakalaki. He talked about how he's facing Dijak there for the title. He said Dijak claims he's seeking justice but he's really seeking gold. He said that he will take a beating, but in the end, um, the Cardiac Kid will stay North American champion. 
this uh, got Dijak to come out. Dijak said Lee needs to soak in the moment because it'll be the last moment he has the North American Championship title. Dijak then reiterated that Lee could have just relinquished the title to him, but instead he made a stupid decision. He said on Saturday, Lee is going to stand across the ring from the biggest and baddest man in the NXT locker room. He said he's going to pry the title from Lee's cold, dead hands. Lee said that's exactly what Dijak has to do, but he will be prepared due to all the trials and tribulations he's gone through. Lee put over the fans as a source of power to help him overcome everything. Lee said that Dijak isn't fighting Wes, but the fans who are on West's side. Dijak said that Lee might be fighting for them, but they aren't fighting for Lee. Robert Stone and Von Wagner, some for some freaking reason, had to interrupt. Stone took exception <laughs> to Dijak calling himself big and bad because Von Wagner exists. Von, for some reason, then had a mic and said... May I, may, may I Boris? Yes. Uh, hey, Dijak, why are you wearing those glasses? You're inside. Yep. <laughs> I believe something that to thing. that effect. That was I, a thing. I actually, I laughed so hard. It was such a dumb idiot heel line. I laughed and I laughed. I, I, at this moment, I turned to the corner on Vaughn Wagner. I want to see more Vaughn on my television. Go Vaughn <laughs> TV. And the V is for Vaughn Wagner. <laughs> T Vaughn Wagner. All right. Yes. Dijek said he's focused on championship gold and has no issues with uh, Vaughn. Lee then tries to stir the pot. Dijak said he sees exactly what Lee is doing. Lee said he just sees an injustice. I love that, actually. Uh, Lee said that if Wagner can beat Dijak this week, Wagner might put himself in line for the next title shot after Vengeance Day. Dijak went after Wagner, and both men had to be pulled apart. Vic Joseph said that Shawn Michaels told him in his ear that the booking is done and the match is going to happen right now. Yeah, so quite like that, Wesley goads these guys into a fight, and Sean Michaels, Sean Michaels makes an impromptu match: Donovan Dijak versus Von Wagner. So not only did Von Wagner make me laugh out loud with a line that was admittedly horrible, it wasn't clever. I was laughing at him and not with him, but I laughed. Then he went out here and had one of the best matches of his career. Did this match not shock you? How good it was, Dijak versus Von Wagner. Like, here's the thing, Matt. The bar is so low on Von Wagner. <laughs> okay, fair. It's so low that even a half-decent match can be considered a career-making match for this kid. This was a career-making match for this kid, though, and it was half-decent, but it this was, was like a, a poor man's, a homeless man's version of Dijak versus Keith Lee. It was a big hoss fight where these guys were throwing bombs at each other, suplexes off the top rope, etc., and uh, they really beat the shit out of each other in a fun wrestling match here. Agreed. Honestly, like all jokes aside, this was Von Wagner's probably best match. This was Dijak's best match since his return, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, and here, here's the thing. Again, let's look at the length of the match. Eight minutes, 41 seconds is what I clocked it at, 42 to be exact. Um... I like that, right? I think they're starting to understand that not everyone needs that 15-minute match, right? Some people are just perfectly made 
for those short matches. And that's what their character calls for. And at least Von Wagner, that's exactly what his character calls for. Dijak can go a little longer. Uh, but I think this is this was the perfect length of match. And, and I really like this. And like you said, this was just a big hoss fight with two big motherfuckers going back and forth. Uh, Wagner um, kind of comes back uh, in the match. And he hits Dijak with a super dragon suplex for a two count. Dijak reversed an angle slam into a hammerlock clutch. Dijak then hit Wagner with a um, burning hammer GTS. His uh, feast your eyes for the victory in eight minutes, 42 seconds. Yeah, minor correction, butterfly suplex, not a super dragon suplex. Super dragon suplex would have killed uh, Donovan Dijak if Von Wagner threw that on him. Uh, but yeah, the butterfly suplex was beautiful all the same. This was a pretty dang good match. I was shocked at how good it was. I think this was the best thing on the show so far. We're going to go three and a half naked guns out of five. Spoiler, the uh, killer in naked gun ends up being OJ Simpson. Oh, God. <laughs> Please continue, Boris. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. <laughs> Um, I'm proud of that one. I've, I've, I'm you, sure that's an old you, joke. Okay, I, now I, I know how everyone in my life feels when I think I'm hilarious. <laughs> I have, I am so happy. I am so happy. Right and now, now you know I'm how sure I that's feel. An old joke, but I've never heard it before. I swear. I feel like I, I to myself just wrote that, and I'm quite, quite happy. <laughs> I love that trilogy. I love that trilogy so much. I've only seen it in like memes and bits and pieces. I have not ever sat down and watched a Naked Gun movie. Oh, dude, the first one especially is my favorite. Uh, the the final baseball scene. Oh, so hilarious, so good. I love it. All right, show cuts to Tony D'Angelo and Channing Stacks watching the match from the locker room. Stacks talks about how much DiJack annoys him. D'Angelo talked about Stacks' proposal about facing a big opponent. Stack said he took care of it, and it's going to happen next week. And now they're going to worry about the other thing. You know, they got the first thing, now it's the other thing. But what is the other thing? That's what we're going to find out, the other thing. Yes. So I'm, like just, I'm just waiting. I, I like it, too. They need more people in the group. I'm just waiting for more additions. They need Ariana Grace to join this group. They need uh, They need some uh, a silent muscle, a furio type if you will, but uh, they, they need they need some other characters. They need a, a shithead, a Bobby Bacala, but uh, right now I'm liking where Stax is at, and Tony D is amazing. So Crazy idea. Crazy idea. Tony D'Angelo, one of the best talkers right now in NXT, when he goes to the main roster, if he goes to the main roster, I should say, uh, you know, could be a very good talker, right? Yes. All right. So here's my prediction. Based off of what we're seeing later on in the show, I think that they need a Furio type, a silent assassin, a silent muscle, a Clemenza, so to speak. Ah, I love Von it. Wagner. So who is who? Oh, Von Wagner is that man? He joins the family. He's the hired muscle. Why not? Just shut him know. up. Shut him up. Give him glasses. You know. Put his hair in a, in a, in a um, uh, tie his hair back, and I think we're good. In a, in a ponytail or bun of some sort, yeah, yeah whatever. They they got to add something because they've now established Stacks is established. He's a good promo. He's confident. I like it. He's he's in. They need something else. They, this group now needs something else from this point forward. Yep. All right. 
we see the tweet that showed Nikita Lyons was in recovery in the hospital. He sent the show to an investigative report by none other than the hardest working reporter in professional wrestling. And this proves it, my friend. Look at all the work she put into this. Look at all the yeah, work. Yeah, this was a, a straight up uh, assignment. She got she got a homework assignment and she pulled a fucking A plus on this. 10 out of 10, no notes. Yep, exactly. They did a replay of the scene as Mackenzie named all the women in the camera frame during the segment where Lyons was attacked. Uh, she pointed out that Tiffany Stratton had a bag, which may could have concealed a weapon. Zoe Stark was the closest to the scene. Wendy Chu was peeking out of a random SUV when Hartwell and uh, Valkyria checked up on her. Uh, and uh, it's kind of like the who freaking done it. Honestly, at this point, if it's not Ariana Grace, I'm going to be so upset. Uh, that's actually funny. Uh, it should be Ariana Grace as her introduction into the family. They, they got to go take care of that other thing. What's that other thing? Maybe that's why we saw this right after the Tony D promo. Buddy, that's a little it's a little clue for you. Right now, I'm saying Ariana Grace, buddy. I love where your head's at. That didn't yep. even dawn on me until you said that just now. Okay, so it is ridiculous that literally, literally every single woman who has even been close to television in the last six months just happened to be at the parking lot at this exact moment. Okay, like here's okay, let me defend this. Picture. Let me defend this. <laughs> Everyone needs to, you know, it was after it was, you know, after people's matches, they started leaving the arena, the performance center. But and because the NXT parking lot is the most dangerous place in the world, they gotta travel in packs. <laughs> okay that's fine i will excite anyway you got to turn your brain off for much worse than this in nxt is my point but i did see a lot of uh a little a fair bit of criticism about how absolutely stupid it was that everyone just happened to be walking in this one place in this one time which was but but you know what i mean they wanted to do a human where's waldo for the us aurora that, borealis <laughs> I, I at this time of day, at this time of year, located entirely in the NXT parking lot. Yes. May I see it? No. But, but yeah, but, but like I respect the attempt. It's cheesy, it's silly, but they tried to give us uh, a mystery that we the fan can solve from home. So I would actually recommend if you have any interest at all, check out this promo where Mackenzie Mitchell breaks down the Nikita Lions attack and find some clues for yourself. I feel, I feel like uh, Dr. Hibber right now. Well, uh, I can't solve this mystery. Can Oh, I know who it is. I know who it is. It's the same people who uh, kidnapped Samoa Joe all those years ago in Universal Studios. By God, was that Ariana Grace too? It was Santino, <laughs> Santino and his then like nine-year-old daughter. Crazy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i love wrestling that was my way of saying wrestling has done a lot stupider angles like people need to be a little more tranquilo yeah like i okay if, if you think this is the dumbest thing you've ever seen honestly i can't argue that but to me this is the good kind of cheesy in wrestling i at this point i'm i'm for it i'm enjoying it a lot yep Alrighty, let us get to hour two. That was all hour one, and honestly, it flew by. Um, and then it was for my match of the night, a match that I just want to give 60 minutes to, and that's Tyler Bate versus Axiom. Yes, we'd seen it before, actually, in that promo that Boris loved at the start of the show. Uh, Axiom was watching a kid versus Tyler Bate for the, I believe, the Heritage Cup it was, right? Yep. 
Yeah, so we've seen this match before. We've talked about this combination on our podcast before. So nice to see it on NXT proper, NXT stateside. And this was a great match. It was definitely the best match on the show, for sure. This was excellent stuff. Yeah, Axiom with a springboard arm drag. Uh, you know, we get the front chancery. Uh, bait goes back and forth. Uh, we, they, you know, they put each other over top ropes. Bait made Axiom dizzy with helicopter spin. Uh, we see a deadlift squat into reverse helicopter spin. Um, we see by back and forth uh, punches. Bait with an insecurity and a PK axiom uh, with a diving shroyukin into a rear naked choke bait got on his feet opened the hands of axiom and then bait hit axiom with a right hand but axiom came back with a super kick bait dragged axiom down into a two count bait was selling jaw pain because of all the strikes you see both men dodged uh, punches bait hit axiom with a bop and bang bait hit axiom with a rebound lariat Axiom reversed uh, Tyler Bates, um, Tyler Driver into a pin. Bate broke several pin attempts with uh, neck bridges. Axiom reversed a Tyler Driver yet again into a Hurricanrana for another two count. Uh, then Bate went for his third attempt at a Tyler Driver 97, and he finally hit it, got the pin in all of 10 minutes and eight seconds. Yeah, I wanted more. I wanted to go 50 minutes longer. Like you said, I could see two out of three. I could see four out of seven. Give it to me every week on NXT. But what we got was great and excellent 10 minutes of professional wrestling. And man, we're blessed. What a week of wrestling it's been. We had this awesome episode of NXT, honestly, like some really good stuff on this thing. The Royal Rumble dynamite coming up is going to be just banging. And then we have on SmackDown Friday, the the whole Big reveal of what's going to happen with Sammy and Roman, possibly the challenge for Elimination Chamber. Man, we're blessed. We're so spoiled. Dude, and then Saturday, we have an excellent-looking card with Vengeance Day. Crazy. Oh, man, I literally forgot about that. This is the go-home show for freaking Vengeance Day. No shit. What a week it will be. And through all that greatness this week, this match still stood out as great. A great professional wrestling match for Twin Peaks's out of five for this one it is an a minus in canada if you want to be a dick about it 80 percent out of 100 great job fellas uh twin peaks what a show amazing television show also terrible but mostly amazing that's that's yeah that that's that's um yeah that that's how that guy goes now uh (laughs) david lynch now question about twin peaks now that yeah yeah we're gonna derail it more important stuff right now Twin Peaks. Are you? Did you finish your watch along? Your watch through? Uh so we. I I watched most of the first run, and then because this the first run, once you actually solve the murder, kind of sucks. My roommate oh my just kind of has so bad. <laughs> it's so bad, but my roommate has kind of just given up on it. So we kind of have a stalled on the Twin Peaks watch. Okay, so the only redeeming quality of the second half of the second season is uh, David Duchovny and drag. Ha, he is funny. David Duchovny is pretty great as a recurring uh, character who who is in drag. Uh, also, I do love that David Lynch is an actor more. He, he comes and shows up and, uh, as his character Gordon Cole more yep. in the second se- in the second season. But yeah, I I, I got to get back into it because I would love to watch the newest the okay. reboot again. When you after you're done the regular show, watch the movie. The movie. Yeah. 
sets up the reboot and i think a lot of people never watched the movie before they watched the uh the third season you gots to watch the movie to have the third season make sense there's so much happening in that movie that they directly refer in that third season like the entire david bowie character excellent call uh, you're completely right about that. Yeah, man. And yeah, David Bowie shows up and Chris Isaac shows up to yeah. musicians all over the place in that movie. Great movie. Such a good movie. All right. Um, Axiom and Bait, they share a respectful handshake. Damon Kemp ran in and clubbed Axiom in the head, his face, his beautiful face. Uh, Bait chased Kemp away. Yes. Yeah, that, that, totally, totally fine. Setting up Dave, Damon Kemp versus Bait and Damon Kemp versus Axiom. Possibly both these guys versus Kemp and his brother. Who knows? Yeah, I'm telling you, we've got to see his brother more. Like, it's we haven't seen him in forever. Anyways, another highlight of mine. An Isla Dawn promo. She's standing over a bonfire. She talked about how she's purifying the negative energies around her the camera panned over to alba fire apparently they're on the same page now don burned ashes into the fire fire agreed to put out the fire with a bucket of water don said the initiation process has now begun because you see she took out the fire with a bucket of water by god so this is actually awesome this was I, I, this was the modern version of the Jake the Snake Ultimate Warrior promos. It was the exact same yes. music almost, the same like smoky vibes. It really reminded me of those where Jake the Snake tried to turn the Ultimate Warrior heel by like throwing him into a snake pit and uh, crazy shit like that. Anyway, Isla Dawn is corrupting this young Alba Fire. I, I really I kind of dig in this angle. Yep. I really like this. I really, 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 really like this. Okay. Roxanne Perez, she's on one side while Talks Attraction were on the other side of the split screen. Uh, they're all being mic'd up, getting ready for a sit-down. Back from commercial, the hardest-working reporter in all of professional wrestling, Mackenzie Mitchell, and greatest investigative reporter and PI is with Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> Promo of the night right yep. here she from, asked uh, Car- from Mackenzie PI and Carmelo and Trick. <laughs> Yep. She asked Carmelo Hayes and Trick Williams about what they thought of Apollo Cruz's latest vision. Mackenzie said it looks like Trick is shook. Trick said he's shaking like booty meat on a Friday night. Booty meat <laughs> on a Friday night. Line. Such a silly Just, such yeah. I such love a it. silly cheesy kind of dumb line, but the crowd laughed out loud. You heard a lot of laughter. Yep. Not because he's scared, but because it's cold. Trick asked Mello if he needs to call Miss Cleo and if he should even show up on Saturday. Mello told Trick not to worry. Mello then talked about how he's like the greatest NBA player with a nice jump shot. Uh, he said that until Apollo can beat Mello uh, uh, in a best of three falls, Apollo will never be him. Yeah, you got to go back and watch this Trick, Willie, and Carmelo Hayes promo. It just felt like, man, these guys are stars. They just stood out so much after watching the first hour and change of this show with some great matches, some good stuff. It was still like, wow, these two are the biggest stars on this show. The biggest stars on this show. Okay, here's the thing. I'm seeing a lot of complaints from people saying, it's stupid that other wrestlers could see Apollo's visions via TV. Again. Tranquilo. 
Yeah, I guess we are to believe that Apollo has these visions and then reports them very carefully to a backstage hand, a writer in WWE who then writes up a script and they go and shoot an exact replica of his vision. I think that's that is what we are to believe. Yep. And look, here's the thing. No there one complained about Lucha Underground. <laughs> Yes, yeah, it's different though. That's a you know coming in. That's a comic book. This is yeah. I, I understand that complaint. That's fine, but again, that that to me is just like complaining about every woman being in the parking lot conveniently. Yeah, like yeah, you're right. It's dumb. Please have a cookie and watch a different show if you, if it's gonna ruin it for you. You know what I mean? Like yeah, exactly. All right, Vic Joseph conducted the split screen interview between Toxic Attraction and Roxanne Perez. Joseph congratulated Perez for being the youngest wrestler to wrestle in the Royal Rumble. Perez talked about how it was a big moment for her. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan cut in, cracked jokes on Roxanne. Uh, Roxanne said Toxic Attraction act like friends, but there was truth between their jabs last week. She, you know, she's really trying to drive that home. You bitches hate each other she, is essentially what she's trying to say. Uh, Gigi and JC said they're on the same page and the numbers and they have the numbers advantage. JC said that Perez peaked at 21 years old and that sucks. Gigi said at least Perez could go back home to Texas. JC and Gigi continue to trash talk while also reiterating the numbers advantage. Perez walked off the interview because she got pissed and sad. Joseph talked about how Gigi and, and JC being out of line. Uh, Joseph then asked them who's going to win if Roxanne doesn't win. Gigi said she sees what Vic is doing and there's no crack in toxic attraction. JC said that both her and Gigi will show the world who the hell they are. Gigi accidentally dropped the line that she was going to win. Roxanne Perez then runs in, attacks toxic, attract, uh, toxic attraction. NXT trainers, Oni, Lorcan, Robbie, Brookside runs in to pull everyone aside. And my friend, I believe there was Tyler Breeze also there. Really? I yeah. did not see the, the Prince of Prettiness. That's cool. That is notable. But I notice. Go back and look for that. There was no Norman Smiley. And that's why yeah. this fight ensued. Norman is still sweeping up water bottles from when Grayson Waller went ham in the performance center last <laughs> week. But uh, I actually, I, I was a little disappointed that Roxanne walked out, but then when she showed up and jumped toxic attraction, I was like, okay, that's brilliant. They, they worked me. They worked me as the fan. I was like, oh, you made Roxanne look like a pussy. And then no, she was like, ah, she's best. crazy girl. Spicy Latina Roxanne Perez. Yeah, man. Best, best character development for Roxanne Perez, I really like that aggressive attitude. It's like, I'm not taking shit from you forever, right? Like, I'm going to kick your ass. I really, really like this. And it really does a great job of setting up the match on Saturday. And, Matt, we're going to talk about this later. But, man, it, like, I'm really looking forward to this match. Like, who is going to win? Like, I guess the obvious choice, and we'll talk about this later, is Roxanne Perez. But, man, there's so many more stories that we can tell if we get the breakdown 98 ending. Yeah, you're you're stuck on that one. I'm worried that you're going to be pretty disappointed. <laughs> but uh, this was fine. This was pretty dang good, all things considered. It especially picked up when Roxanne jumped them at the end. Yep. All right. Danny Palmer was already in the ring. Our girl Stevie Turner got a televised entrance. 
Uh, she got the Twitch chat feed appearing during her entrance. Uh, they really made a big deal of this. I really like this entrance. Stevie Turner in her NXT stateside debut versus Danny Palmer. Matthew, thoughts on Stevie Turner? Yeah, she looked good. It was basically a squash all offense. I think that she's got to switch her signature and her finisher. The move that she hit, the penultimate move of this match was way cooler than the finisher. Um, it's funny, Vic Joseph called her finish futuristic, but it was just like a, it was like a normal sit-out rock bottom that a lot of wrestlers use. Matt Hardy was using it in like fucking 2002. But yeah. the move that she used before that... The pump kick was spike DD DDT? Yeah, it was like this DDT thing where she fell instead of falling straight back to her, to her back. She like did a 180 twist and, and kind of like it's hard to explain, but she she jumped up in the air and kind of did a 180 twist and, and fell to her back, obviously, as well. But it's like a 180 twisting DDT that looked so much cooler than the finish. So I think that's got to be her finisher, the futuristic DDT, the streamer DDT, whatever it's going to be, the, the DD Twitch. Boris, by God, you're on fire today. <laughs> Thanks, man. But I like this. I, I thought this was yet again a, a good match that achieved exactly what it set out to do. I would go as high as three Pink Panther strikes again out of five for this one. Excellent. Excellent. No, I really like this match also, man. Um, you know, Stevie Turner, I think she, she she's a pretty good wrestler. Uh, she had a pretty good run in Japan. I saw her in, oh, I forgot what the promotion was called. Not not Ice Ribbon, not Stardom. What's the third big Joshi promotion? Uh, to Tokyo Joshi Pro. That's it. That's it. That's where I saw her. Yes. A couple matches there. Obviously, we saw her in NXT UK. Uh, she had a a um a uh, oh, man. What's her name? Oh my God, Boris! What's wrong with you? Uh, the NXT UK Women's Champ for a long time. She just recently lost to Mandy. Oh, uh, Miko Satamora. Miko Satamora. She had a great match. Stevie Turner, that is, had a great match with Miko Satamora. Um, so I'm really looking forward to how they're going to use her. Uh, she obviously feels comfortable with this streamer character uh kind of fits her fits her look fits her attitude so i I'm, I'm really looking forward to stevie turner and i once again say that the nxt women's division is back and it's healthy no oh, i absolutely agree and they're just adding more and more talent to it yep all right kiana james is in the back Talking to someone all lovey-dovey, saying, I love you, as she hangs up. Fallon Henley comes into the frame. She starts yelling at James, thinking that James was scheming against Brooks Jensen. Katana Chance and Caden Carter show up to trash talk. Uh, the bickering duo there. They also talk about how the titles won't change hands. After the tag champs left, Henley continued to berate and says she doesn't trust James. Yes, and the, this conversation is not over. So Kiana James actually said, uh, I love you, Zach. So it's like, whom, Zach? Who is this Zach that Rider. you speak of? So I guess we are, oh, by God. Oh, my God, I didn't even think of that. It won't be, but I would the laugh. Most, I would die. Well, her uh, in, in real life, Kiana James's shoot husband 
is named Zach. I believe yep. that is we're like the hardcore fan is supposed to. That's what we're supposed to, you know, gather. Uh, if you follow her Insta, you know, that's uh, I just had to look that up. I didn't just pull that off the top of my head. Don't I was worry. I say you know way crazy. too much info. About her. <laughs> I'm not saying I'm not, uh, you know, looking at uh, WWE wrestlers, Instagrams here, but yeah, no, I, uh, I did not pull that off the top of my head. Thankfully, I'm not that fucking creepy. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So it's some intrigue there in that story, right? Like it, it's, it's, it's a basic storyline, but the two women are really, they're working it well, right? Like, so I'm liking where that's going. Um, the whole, can they coexist thing? Whatever. Seen a million times. It is what it is. I'm more interested to see, uh, Carter and Chance uh, continue their amazing run. That's a team who just turned it around 180 after kind of just being around, just being a team, being there. Um, you know, and now I'm like, move them to the main roster. I would love to see them against Damage Control. Absolutely. We we say it in jest because there are no real other options, but they are the best female tag team in WWE NXT history. Yep. All right. The next match, another on paper, great match. Drew Gulak versus Charlie Dempsey. Gulak versus Dempsey, son of William Regal. Let's fucking go. Yeah. I like this. I like this a lot. They, you know, you can tell that they just they just went in there and they had fun, right? Like you you can tell that they were just wrestling each other, having fun. Uh seemed like they were calling the match in the ring. Uh, because there was a couple moments where it's like, okay, how do we do this now? Right. Um, but it really looked good. Uh, you know, when it came time to to for for the submission holds, they were going back and forth a lot. Uh, you know, Gulak's Lariat looked fantastic on Dempsey. Uh, Dempsey with all the chest slaps. This match was really good. Dempsey then dragged Gulak into a standing crossface chicken wing. Dempsey dragged Gulak down into the chicken wing. Um, and then he, Gulak accidentally shoved a Dempsey into Hank Walker. Violently shoved into Hank Walker, I should say. Um, this gave a enough of a distraction where Dempsey didn't know where the hell he was. Gulak rolls him up for the win in eight minutes, 45 seconds. So I really liked the story that they told here, which was it was a straight up athletic contest for a very long time. But as soon as Drew Gulak saw an opening where he could take a shortcut, he did immediately and it worked. So as soon as Hank Walker jumps up on the apron to shout some encouragement at Drew Gulak, that's when he's like, okay, now I can shove Dempsey into this man. They bonked heads. Bing, bang, boom. And Drew Gulak can pretend oh it was a mistake it was just like you know the heat of the moment i just reversed the hold you happened to be in the wrong place but really i think i think he did that shit on purpose this drew gulak you know what i mean so i i like this yet again another good match here on nxt we're gonna go three and a half uh pink panthers the first one or like the second one i don't know how many pink panthers there's been a pink panther of note let's go the one from 2006 six with steve martin <laughs> that one was so bad. All right. Von <laughs> terrible. Von Wagner throwing shit and benches in the locker room. Robert Stone asked Wagner why he asked him to manage him. He's very frustrated at this point. Um, I asked why you're on the TV. Boris, no. that is. Wagner said he's managed Wagner for a year, yet he doesn't know who Von Wagner is. Uh, Mr. Stone said that Wagner roars and yells like everyone else. Stone said Wagner needs to show, um, show him. Who he is. He kept saying, help me, help you, help me, help you. As if that wasn't said a million times between 96 and 2000 as he walks yeah, away. 
Yeah, so yeah, you can tell Shawn Michaels doing some uh doing some writing on this show. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, very strange that they were busting out Jerry Maguire jokes, but okay, sure. Robert Stone had to do something. So Yeah. So here's how here's how Vaughn Wagner is gonna join the family. He's gonna dump Mr. Stone. Don't care how that happens. Then Tony <laughs> D'Angelo walks up. And he has a Ancestry.com uh, profile on Vaughn Wagner. He's like, you know, 25% Italian. And he accepts him into the family. Amazing. And then it's Vaughn Wagner versus Bray Wyatt in an Ancestry.com pitch black match. Exactly. And then after that <laughs> match, Santos Escobar rolls up in an SUV and says... <laughs> You didn't think I forget about you. And then they all start to drive away. And then Uncle Howdy jumps off a lighting rig, exploding the car, and everyone dies. And misses the car <laughs> by a mile. <laughs> yes. Uh, and then and then everyone is written off television and they're all appearing on AEW Dark. <laughs> that's why they call it that's why they call it the pitch black match. Because they're they're headed to darkness immediately. <laughs> oh my god! What the yeah. fuck is wrong with us? Oh boy! Yeah, let's get through this main event and get the fuck out of here. We are both sleep deprived. The Dyad, Jaggerine, and Rip Fowler with Joe Gacy and Ava Rain versus Idris Sanofi and Malik Blade versus Andre Chase and Duke Hudson with Thea Hale. Uh, for the final spot in the NXT Tag Team Title Match at Vengeance Day, my favorite part of the match wasn't even part of the match even though the match was very well done happy yeah good happy go lucky match but my favorite part of this was booker t just trash talking the new day saying they're taking people's spots they're idiots they're taking people's spots this is nxt what are you guys doing here uh and then he said he totally didn't take ray mysterio's spot at the rumble when he ray got injured yeah that is funny that yeah vic kind of brought up well what did you do in the royal rumble booker but I, I love Booker T's feud with the New Day, and I do hope it's leading to Booker versus Kofi Kingston at WrestleMania. That's a good call that you've been you've been thumping your chest about for weeks, Boris. I hope that happens. I agree that this was this was a good performance by Booker T. Good match overall. The MVP of this match was the crowd. They were so great. They loved this match. This crowd, okay, so this is what NXT is turning into. It's more than full sale. I, I, and I say that just because, not that they're better. Not that they're, you know, uh, loud or, or anything, right? Because those full sail NXT crowds were just something of a legend. Uh, but this, you know what this reminds me of? Of your local indie crowd. You know, these guys who you see week in and week out doing what they do. And, you know, you just bond with these wrestlers so much. That's what this crowd reminds me of. Like, they like these guys so much more than anyone watching on TV. But that actually elevates what we're watching on TV. Uh, because it's like, oh, all these people are cheering for, like, you know, Idris and Ophi. Idris and Ophi must be good. Exactly right. It's like listening to a stand-up set where everyone's fucking losing their mind laughing. Even if you don't find the comedian funny, you're kind of, like, just enjoying the show more. There's just a different energy to it. You're just like, well, there must be something to this guy. You know what I mean? And it is. It is literally in front of friends and family. It's a small, intimate setting. But it, I think it helps. It, some might say it looks lower end, but I think that it does not sound lower end. Agreed. Especially now that the crowd knows who these people are, right? Like when NXT 2.0 started, it was oh, it was tough 
to get a reaction, right? Like some people got a reaction, but it took some time. But now that like you have established people in NXT, it, you know, you're just getting that big, big, big star feeling on some people who otherwise, in my opinion, probably wouldn't get that. Yeah, man, it's easy to say, okay, uh, th this is the Chase University. You guys are the Chase U section, so you have to pretend to be cheerleaders and pretend to like this guy. Start, and then they start, and whatever you get day one is what you get, right? But six months, 16 months down the road when you start to actually know Andre Chase, like literally in and out of this building, and you start to like see him grow and develop, you start to actually get into him, the reactions become organic. So you know what I mean? They are, they, the, the crowd loves these guys. Yeah. Let's talk about the match. The match was fun. Uh, Blade and Ilfie, man, they've improved so freaking much. Um, you know, Chase tags in. They hit the Dyad and Anofi with a Tower of Doom. Chase hit Reed uh, with uh, Chase U boots. Ava Rain got on the apron for the distraction. Thea Hill tripped up Rain to distract Reed. Hudson tagged in, put Reed in a gory special. Then Chase hit Reed with a blockbuster. This is now known as the Frat Liner. The Frat Liner. That's been that's been a thing for a little bit. The Frat Liner, which is the gory special into the uh, yeah what the downward spiral, the the gory spiral we'll call it the Frat Liner. Yep. Um, or the Boris Agler special, because you did say downward spiral. Hey, hey, ho, ho. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> so. Anyways, Duke Hudson gets the win that way. Uh, so Duke Hudson and Andre Chase defeated the Dyad, uh, Enofian Blade completely. via pinfall in 10 minutes, 35 seconds to earn the final spot in the tag team title match at Vengeance Day. Pretty Deadly appeared on stage while Gallus appeared in the Crow's Nest. Uh, Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods showed up on the Titan Tron to kind of uh, uh, to mock their opponents. And then they closed the show by hyping up Vengeance Day. But just like OxyClean, my friend, there's more. The show cuts the footage of Shawn Michaels doing media appearances to hype NXT's return to the road. And then we get a Vengeance Day hype package to hype the entire show, run through the matches, and get you pumped a la Mojo Raleigh uh, for the show on Saturday. Yeah, get you hype. Yeah, and they did a good job with that last little bit of hype. Overall, good stuff. Not the best match on the show, but still good. I'm going to say three scream threes out of five. Yep. Yep. Good show. Or go scream one and two. Go right to scream three for some yep. reason. Very, very good show. I think this is a, you know, again, uh, very good go home sh edition of NXT. They really focused on, on Vengeance Day. We got some really good matches on paper. Um, you know, so I, so, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, and, you know, what I'm liking is we're NXT is becoming a showcase of the future, right? Like it's more, we don't have to have 20 minute special matches. We don't have to have go crazy. We're going to give you five to 10 minutes of fun and you're going to see what WWE is bringing and producing. Absolutely. Right. And yeah, that's that's where NXT is right now. It's the fun-loving, hardcore fan brand again, while still trying to achieve the new goals of NXT, which is take a bunch of real athletes and make them into professional wrestlers. 
Yep. All right, so we're going to end the show with the three stars, so let's talk some uh, ratings. You want to talk some ratings? Uh, yeah, if you got them, because I certainly don't have them in front of me, but Why if you have the I... numbers, let's let's talk about them. Why would I be queuing this up if I wasn't ready? Like, uh, you know, me and, me and Mackenzie, the best journalists ever. <sighs> Tonight's, or Tuesday's episode, let's take a look at this. Ooh, well, that's an ass kicking. Um, average 587, 587,000 viewers on the USA Network. That's down 3.3% from last week. It's the lowest audience total for the show since December 6th which ironically was the go-home show for Deadline, go figure. In the 18-49 to 49 demo, NXT finished 20th on the cable charts with a .13 rating. That's up, though, 8.3% from last week, but ties NXT's third lowest rating in that category since November. Um, the show did go head-to-head with the Lakers versus Knicks on TNT, that got 1.7 million viewers, uh, and that topped all of TV with a 0.58 rating in the key demo. That's uh, yeah, that's a tough one. Lakers versus Knicks is about as big as it gets for the NBA. But uh, yeah, not not the best rating. But NXT will persevere. It, uh, you know, I feel like the show coming out of the pay per view means more than the show coming into it. Agreed. Uh, that's what I th- honestly think, right? Like, um, and it's kind of funny because, like, the last lowest rating was, you know, the show before their last pay per view. So go figure. We don't know what people what people are doing. It's uh, it's winter. It's the dog days of winters. But let's talk some Vengeance Day this Saturday. Just a reminder, Matt and I are going to be coming at you with an aftercast. That's a podcast after the fact. Uh, after the show, uh, we're going to be chatting all things Vengeance Day this Sunday morning. Uh, so let's talk the card. Are you ready, Matt? Oh, I was blowing my nose, but yes, yes, I am, my friend. I know exactly how to like throw it to you. And it's like mid drink, blowing your nose, coughing, hacking up a lung. Jesus Christ, dude. All right. Uh, let's talk about the two out of three falls match Apollo Crews versus Carmelo Hayes. You realize that if you're the one throwing it to me and you have a camera, that's your fault and not mine. Anyway, this is going to be match of the show for sure. I can't wait to see this one. Uh, who do you think is going to win? I'm I'm thinking Carmelo. I'm thinking Carmelo. I think Carmelo needs a big win. He, I'm not saying he's on a losing streak, but you know he's already taken a L from Apollo, uh, and I think that Apollo is going to get a very early first pin and then you know Carmel Hayes is gonna look and it just gotta climb back I think that's how this is gonna go down because then you can say look I got the first pin or something like that or you know there's a lot of possibilities or you just give Carmelo Hayes two pins we don't always need to go to three Ooh, I don't know about that that's 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 something Melo sweeps Apollo Cruz two nothing hey woof I didn't even consider taking that. a shot Love it. Shoot, shoot or shoot, Boris. Shoot or shoot. Yeah. So I think, you know what? That's my official decision. Carmelo Hayes taking the sweep to nothing. My God. All right. I, I'm going to say Melo wins, but not not via sweep. Not, not sweep. Okay. All right. NXT Women's Tag Team Championship match. Caden Carter and Katana Chance versus Fallon Henley and Kiana James. Um... 
I'm going to say Fallon Henley and Keanu James win the title when husband Zach interferes and lays out Katana Chance with a big boot. No, that's a joke. That's not going to happen. Uh, Katana and Caden, they will retain. Fallon and Kiana, they will, I don't know, there will be shenanigans and possibly we will meet whoever this Zach is. <laughs> if Watch it be Ryder. All right. NXT, and I agree with you. NXT North American Championship match, Wes Lee versus Dijak. Hard oh. justice, hard gooey justice himself. <laughs> Boy, I was scared until this week that Dijak was going to win, but I think they're telling the story that Wesley kind of outsmarted Dijak. He goaded Dijak into a fight with Von Wagner. It took a lot out of Dijak, and that's going to be the difference. Wesley is going to beat Dijak when Dijak runs out of gas in this match. Yeah, it, it, it agreed. In a very diverse match, and I'm actually looking forward to this just because of the different styles in this match. Um, you got the New Day versus Gallus versus Pretty Deadly versus Chase U. So weird. Yeah, the hard-hitting, tough European pub boys, pub fighters Gallus versus Wacky New Day versus even wackier Chase University versus Pretty Boys, Pretty Deadly. Yeah, what a mix here. This is going to be a, a, nothing like this in yeah. wrestling. I, this is a very unique uh, quad sum here. And it's so funny because these are the teams that New Day said they always wanted to face in NXT. Which is, and there you go, getting them all in one match. Amazing. Yep. NXT Women's Championship match, triple threat. Roxanne Perez versus Gigi Dolan versus JC Jane. You know what, what I'm thinking yeah. for this match. Uh, okay, so let me let me start. Roxanne Perez clearly, obviously wins. Okay, go. Talk your talk. What should happen? <laughs> I honestly think that somehow, someway, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane are going to do a double pin. Uh, this leads to a fight between the two, the eventual breakup on Valentine's Day. Um, and, you know, Roxanne Perez rides into the main roster because she is ready. Interesting. She is ready. She was at the Royal Rumble. Uh, that'd be that'd be a cool way to do it. That would be a cool way to do it. I don't think it's going to happen, but no, I, I like your idea more. I just want it to happen so I can say I told you so. Um, the other thing is I think we can both agree that uh, Toxic Attraction is going to break up on Valentine's Day. Yeah, that's that's a thing. I, I like that call for sure. Yeah. All righty. And that's two weeks from now. Uh, you got the NXT Championship Steel Cage match. Braun Breaker versus Grayson Waller. Grayson's got to win. It's his time. Braun has nothing left to do in NXT. Let him go to the main roster already. As for Grayson, he should be a really good NXT champion. Get a heel with the title doing heel things. It's been a while since we've seen that. All things considered, man, I just think it's time. It's just time. Yeah, I, you know, I, I'm going to go as far as saying this. I'm going to be disappointed if Braun Breaker retains. I think a lot of people are going to be disappointed, and I'm almost afraid of the crowd reaction if Braun Breaker retains. Uh, they, they turned on Braun in the last match. They turned on Braun in the last match because they were ready to see it. They were sick of the Braun Breaker title reign. It was time for uh, Grayson Waller to win it. So, yeah, I do think... I I don't think you have much to worry, be worried about, buddy. I think yeah, they know. I hope so. All right. So let us chat your three stars, my friend. Do you got that ready? Sure do. Third star, the bronze medalist of this episode. It was Von Wagner. You can fucking fight me if you disagree. Hey, Boris, take off those sunglasses. You're inside. 
I love the fact that he's your third star based on literally the stupidest line ever uttered in professional wrestling. Oh my god, now also, that's a list. Also, he did a butterfly suplex off the top rope. No, <laughs> no, you're completely right. Yeah, he's just, I don't know, something about this Von Wagner just clicked in my head finally after fucking 18 months. Uh, third star, Von Wagner. We should do that. That is as dumb as lines ever in wrestling. That's excellent. Second star of this show, Stevie Turner. A great debut, I feel like. She uh, she showed up and showed out, as Booker T says. And our first star might be for the second week in a row, if you check the tape. Andre Chase stood tall in the main event of this program. Chase University won it. They might be tag team champions. By the time you hear this podcast, maybe, if you're late on hearing this podcast. <laughs> Oh, man, we're starting to get, like, just goofy tired at this point, man. <laughs> yeah, let's let's call All right, so SNME patrons, thank you so much for listening. It means so much again. Uh, there's so much happening, so much on the go. Remember, on Saturday, we got the aftercast coming at you, talking all things Vengeance Day. But before that, we have all the shows, All Elite Weekly, with the old fucks coming at you on Thursday. You got the Smack Daddies coming at you on Friday. You got the Rampage Rambo with Dax and myself coming on Saturday. Uh, we have the extended early edition of the flagship show with Mike McGuire coming at you on Sunday. And then we go around and do it all over again as we start chatting some raw on Tuesday morning cooked. And then we got Bam. And Bam will be back on its regular day, Monday. Regular topics of discussion. Really looking forward to that. So much to chat about. All the wrestling. So much happening. Ah, can't wait, man. Yeah, last uh, the last band. Thank you very much for Paul York. Yorky hopping in, joining us for a top 10 list. Like I said, I'm going to try to do weekly top 10s on Bam. Thinking, thinking the next top 10 might be top 10 Elimination Chambers for the upcoming Elimination Chamber show. Yeah, that'd be really cool. I can't wait until like we're out of ideas and we do top 10, top 10 lists. Amazing, amazing, yes. <laughs> He's mad. Top 10 David Letterman top 10 lists. <laughs> Exactly. Okay, he's Matt. I'm Boris. Thank you for listening. We'll chat again on the Aftercast after Vengeance Day. And remember, stay tranquilo. Yeah, yeah, yeah.